Happy New Year's, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the KeyCast. We have a lot of exciting topics for you this 2020, uh, starting with a three-part series on death, life, and the soul. Specifically, today's episode is a death cafe between the three of us where we're sharing our opinions on death and dying. As always, please follow us on Instagram at KeyCastOfficial. We'd love to hear any feedback from you as well as suggestions for future topics. And at the end of every show, we do go live, so please come and join us. And without further ado, please enjoy today's death cafe. No peace by Nile. No peace. No peace. Happy New Year's, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the KeyCast, the first one of 2020. Feels good to be back. Yeah, back in Montreal. Honestly, feels wonderful. Feels great. Yeah, Yeah. it does. (laughs) Toronto's fun, but Montreal's good. It feels like I'm at home and feels like I'm permanently at home. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yafis just got his PR. Congratulations. Thank you. You're now officially Canadian. Are you officially a Canadian? No, no. Or almost officially almost. Canadian. Almost, yeah. I'm a permanent Canadian resident. That's, permanent that's Canadian. pretty real. Yeah. That's pretty real. You can't be kicked out. That is true. Unless I don't live in Canada for more than two years in five years. I mean, yeah. I but that. it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, You'll I'm here. Okay. We're here. Uh, all right. So what are we talking about today? It's a big topic I, today. I ask like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're talking about death. Yes, we are. It does sound morbid generally when we talk about death, but... I'm actually pretty excited to talk about this. I am. I think there's a lot to discuss. I think there's a ton to discuss. Uh, it's a huge topic, again. Mm-hmm. And I like that this is a topic we can debate. Yeah. It's not like a, we're not spewing out facts the whole time. Exactly. I mean, are there any facts? Uh, there are. Do you know how many people die in a year? Oh. <laughs> not really sure. How many people die in a year? 55 to 60 million. Oh, annually, sure. approximately. You know what the top 10 causes, leading causes of death worldwide are? What can you it? guess? Can you guess? The cancer? Uh, that's one of them. The number one, though, is Car not. accidents. No, that is in the top ten. And also, well, the top ten depends on where you live. So okay. a third world versus a second or first mm-hmm. world country is going to have different causes. But mm-hmm. the overall, you know, all things taken into account, number one is actually CVD, cardiovascular oh. diseases. So oh, ischemic heart disease. When you asked of cancer, I was like, okay, it must not be a health-related issue. Yeah, there's other types of cancers as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, diabetes is up there. Uh, in some countries, tuberculosis mm-hmm. is up okay. there still. Um, in, and it changes over time, too. So, you know, 20 years ago in 2000, uh, HIV AIDS were and preterm or interim, uh, uh, sorry, preterm uh, issues and birth issues were in the top. But now mm-hmm. both of those are off for preterm issues was like top 10. Yeah, yeah. SIDS and that kind of stuff. I think. Interesting. I was thinking about uh, uh, pulmonary diseases mm. because lately I've been watching a lot of shows like Mad Men and Peaky Blinders. Yeah. All they do is smoke. Yeah. And I was like thinking about people who lived in the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Not just that. I mean, look at the amount of sugar that's consumed in North America, right? It's going to cause some form of uh, CBD as well. Yeah, because CBD is pretty broad. Like it covers yeah, it's almost, very broad. almost every sort of smoking, yeah. high fat diets, like no exercise. Yeah. Well, they say it's ischemic heart disease. Uh, and strokes. Yeah, ischemic heart attack and strokes. I yeah. always don't know. Yeah, ischemic. Yeah, yeah, it's ischemic. Okay. You know, and dementia as well. Is that yeah. That, that's the cause of death? Uh, eventually, yeah. And then you fall off the roof because you forget. I don't think that's how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I hope okay. not. Oh my god. We're getting um, morbid now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're getting we're talking about death. Yeah, yeah, it's no, a we're talking about Exactly, yeah. But I, but I guess, like, you know, like, Every time we start a discussion for a topic, I think it's important to define what it is. 
So, okay. what is death? The cessation of living. Alright, uh, so, you know what's, what's interesting <laughs> you is... stop living, right? That yeah. the medical def- definition of death has actually changed over the last century. So, earlier on, the definition of death would be if you stop, if your heart stopped, or if you stop breathing. And mm. we would consider that person Clinically dead. Dead. Mm. Clinically, though, yes. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, the clinical definition of death. But yeah. recently, it's changed from the chest to the brain. Mm. In the sense, you're considered dead when your brain is dead. Yeah. And Because uh, you still be alive in your brain, or your brain still be active, but your body is not functioning. Or that's exactly dead, yeah. it. So our definition of death is now irreversible coma. But... Is that death, though? That is considered death. But you're still breathing in a coma. Yes, but you're still considered medically you can be or clinically dead. dead. So, so being brain dead is being dead now. Is a new definition of death. But can they That's confirm that you're never going to come back? That is an excellent question. Because, yes, based on our current technologies that we have right now, no. But what if we have technology in the future where you could revive dead cells? So I guess that leads okay. into the bigger the bigger question or one of the things I wanted to talk about which is uh, doctor assisted suicide and euthanasia it's actually a really good good point is that if you are brain dead and you know there is a potential Mm -hmm. for these future um, therapies that will help someone come back from that maybe you know you're still breathing your heart's still pumping but you're clinically as the officer said Mm -hmm. dead should uh, a DNR or a should a a family member be able to say pull the plug but on top, it's not just that though, right? It's also like in regards to pain, right? Like if you're in so much pain, you're conscious, you know what's yeah. going on and there's no cure for what's, do, what's happening to you. Like, can you ask to die? So what do you guys think? Should it be, I mean, in Canada, it is legal yeah. right now. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, what are, what, are, what are your opinions? I think, you know, we're, we're moving into a reign where choice is important. Mm-hmm. And if I choose to die, why am I not... Le- allowed to do yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we talk about abortion. Mm-hmm. We talk about how abortion is a woman's body's choice. Mm-hmm. This is my life. Why can't I have the choice yeah. to I, let it go? I was going to say, like, I agree 100%, but I also agree with the way um, it's currently done in the clinic. Like, you need to be of the right state of mind. Yeah. Um, you need to have a certain, I think, level of pain. Um, and there has to be no cure for what, what you're going through. And I think if and the thing is a few others, but if all those things are met, then you're allowed to ask for yeah. Um, euthanasia. Yeah, because I can agree completely. Uh, it definitely, I think it should be legal. I think it, it is the choice of the individual. Mm-hmm. But then you bring up the question of what if someone is not of sound mind, and how do you determine if someone is of sound mind? Exactly. To be able to say, I want this, because what if they're going through some sort of episode, right? And also, you know, somebody does, somebody does not want to be have an assisted suicide but they go into a coma and their family members then say we want to pull the plug you know there's so many ulterior motives that could potentially be interfering with the pro- with the right choice right yeah that being said i still think those are probably far and few between mm-hmm. few and far between far and few between well but i think what you're saying is exactly right and especially when for example when counselors are are assessing you when you when you go to an intake for example um, they're looking at, you know, how on a scale of one to 10, you know, how, what were your emotions like over the past week? Yeah. 
but um, perhaps how many episodes have you had? But one of the main things that they're looking at is have you had suicidal thoughts? Mm-hmm. And have you taken action? And that's that factor. If you check yes on that, that'll outweigh a lot of the other factors. And so it's almost as if by just by thinking that you are suicidal almost means you have mental illness. But it's not necessarily true. Like you can be of sound mind, and then, of course, if you have enough pain, logically, it might seem that suicide is the best option. So I guess a holistic approach to all these things is the right approach, right? Taking yeah. a look at all the factors. You know, Is someone going through this excruciating pain? Mm-hmm. Do they have a condition that is not curable or is causing them significant poor um, or reduction in the quality of life? Exactly. But I believe a lot of these policies that are set in are also dependent on people's understanding of death itself and the life after death so as Gandalf said like you know death is just the beginning of another journey so do you believe in afterlife to be honest uh, I'm just gonna wait for it to happen you know wait okay. so it's like a, I'm not sure kind of thing it's not no one can be certain yeah. absolutely no one like any so uh, you know I we're definitely gonna dwell into religion and religion saying what death is mm-hmm. and uh, you can walk you, you can talk about how religion can also be a coping mechanism that we have developed to Definitely. you know uh, make sense yeah. of death yeah. but at the same time the second we die well we, there's a clinical end of death is when the brain is dead but there are there's 20 seconds after someone's clinically dead where their EEG is still running. Mm. So basically, you're still conscious. Mm-hmm. And I think the saddest thing... That doesn't mean you're conscious. No, yeah, no you're con- I mean, the medical, clinical understanding of consciousness I mean, is still firing 40, uh, 20 to 40 seconds after I someone's don't think clinically the, dead. No, consciousness is not that. Consciousness well, is responsiveness. Consciousness is awareness of your surroundings. Just because your brain is firing. I mean, there's this whole thing back oh, in the early 2000s where they had this... There was like a, an EEG that would in some part of the brain that would actually precede an action. So they, okay. they basically they had these people like look at a clock and they decided when to stop the clock, the arm on the clock from, from going. Mm. And they, they noticed that they, they said, do it whenever you want. So the patients would then like, you know, they'd say, uh, it's going, it's going, it's going, stop. And it stops at the 20 hand and then go, 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 go. It stops at 35. doesn't matter that the doctors didn't know, but what they did is record EEG and they found that something like a hundred milliseconds, before they actually made that conscious choice of stopping, mm-hmm. there was already an EEG signal change in that part of the brain. So what the conclusion was that, oh, this is clearly there's no free will because there is an EEG change going on before you're consciously making the decision to stop the clock. But what doesn't mean it's, it's, it's not conscious. Yeah. It's like the whole thing has been disproven, right? Oh, okay, it's not yeah, actually yeah. that free will is not real and that this is, you know, consciousness, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What I'm saying is just because there is an EEG signal, it doesn't mean there is consciousness. I mean, going back to Correct. my research okay. with my mice, like I do electrophysiology, which means that I record from the cells. I record electrical potentials from the cells of mice. But I do this on dead mice. And these cells are still firing. Some of these cells are still firing six hours after the mouse is dead. Does that mean mm. the mouse is still conscious or alive, right? Makes sense. Okay, so... Definitely, we need to talk about electric potential. I know how the electric potential works. We, I learned all about the entire <laughs> system 
during one of our runs. We went on like a half marathon once, yeah. like a 20 kilometer or something. Talking about electrophysiology. <laughs> he's like, teach me about your research. I was like, I'm going to teach you what an action potential is. Nice. And I told him like everything. And he's by the end of the run, he's like, okay, so sodium gates open and sodium goes in and then the potassium gates will open. I knew the EV voltages like, do. Nice. <laughs> I was like, I was li- when he explained it to me, I explained it back to him, he explained it back to me and we just kept, and so we did, we cover three topics. It's on my Strava. So people who follow me on my Strava, hey. you, we have a discussion about the things we've talked about during the run. So we talked about... That's um, so cool, man. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this one. But, sure. but back to what you were saying about afterlife. Like, yeah. So what do you think? Is, is there? So going back to, hmm. you know, how there's a possibility of, you know, our brain running or firing for 20 seconds later. Hmm. I think the saddest thing a person can hear is, oh, geez, finally. Now where's the lawyer? You know, give me your property. I mean, but at the same time, we can we can take a step back and talk about uh, near death experiences because that's the closest we yeah. can ever get to what death could be like. And you know, um, because though? because when someone's dead, they can come back to life to recount. Mm. But their if they weren't dead, then how can you say they're in an afterlife? So like, have you guys seen that movie, the? Um... Uh, afterlifers or something like that where it's just a bunch of med students and they all kill each other or they all like put each other to death almost to the very end yeah yeah yeah. pretend to go through these some like very intense experiences whatever you guys think that's a real thing like once you there's a there's a i'm gonna there's an author of a book and i forget who it is so i should mention it maybe i'll mention it later on the podcast but he was a neuroscientist or a neurologist and he had a near-death near-death experience i think he changed his belief completely because I think before he was atheist, and he had this experience, he's like, nope, you know what? There is a God, there is a religion, everything changes. He wrote an entire book about it. Sorry. Uh, maybe, maybe. I'm going to look it up right now, actually. Um, but yeah, like, I can see that. I can see something like that changing your life forever. But I think this goes back to uh, the definition of death, where it talks about death as an irreversible comma. Mm. It's irreversible right now because we don't have the technology to make it a reversible process. But recently, they have been able to revive brain cells of a pig that was slaughtered 48 hours before. So when they say revive, what does that mean? It's action potential system still works. But generally, yeah, exactly. So, so it's not a dead, I mean, it, it's, it's a cell. You the cells back to life, but True. you can do a lot of things with cells. But I was yeah. continuing reading on the re- research and... Generally, when it talks about uh, there's a series of steps where you, before you define, it's not one test that defines when someone's dead. Mm. One of the main tests is that looking at the EEG, which is the electroencephalographic recording of your brain, mm. which basically shows that, which is basically a medical term of stating that someone has consciousness, that there's interdependencies between the different brain systems that are firing. And... So what they did in this experiment is that they took these pig brain cells and placed it in a cocktail, which you know allowed it to fire up and you know or show some sort of action potential system. But at the same time, they made sure that there were there was you know uh, the cocktail also cons- consists of uh, substances that suppressed their EEG because uh, of ethical reasons. Let's say a brain that goes through the process of slaughtering and mm. is brought back to life would then 
re it would it, there was a possibility that it could reignite those memories that pain but it's just a bunch and of cells. Um, that's exactly it it's a bunch of cells though. that is what i thought i think possibly the experiment failed and they just said hey fyi where was this experiment oh uh, yeah like what journal was it published in um what journal i will send you the exact article but essentially they were able to prove you know that these cells could have some action potential capabilities even 48 hours but that's not life that yeah. doesn't mean they went into an afterlife and they came back it doesn't mean they died right but i mean here's another question do you think that animals if there's an afterlife to animals that's, that's, that's exactly that's right. a, that's a good question and so it comes down <clears throat> to uh, the question why do we die like why is death there why as an evolutionary process does death oh, even exist before we go into that answer the question do animals go into the afterlife if there is an afterlife because, would animals go there because if you're going to say no then i'm going to ask mm-hmm. why are we special what that's, makes us different yeah exactly the only different we have is that we have an ego and i agree 100 percent. i think we've created the okay so let's go back to kind of yeah i guess we said do we believe do either of any of us believe in I don't believe afterlife like not at all and i don't either and there's a lot of reasons for it one of them is what is what you said right like I think a lot of us we created the after I put for like what you said, Yaf, is that to make us feel okay about about this life, right? Because mm-hmm. imagine a world where there's no afterlife and there's no existential point to your existence. It's pretty scary. I, I'd is. argue if there is an afterlife, then mm-hmm. what is the point of this world? If there is an afterlife? If there's an afterlife, why mm-hmm. would you want to live on if the afterlife is supposed to be this heaven? Yeah. Or well, this hell, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If mm-hmm. there is an afterlife that you're supposed to stay for eternity, why would you want to spend your 83, whatever the average life expectancy is, on Earth? I, well, what I think is it's because, like, to prove yourself worthy of this But why do you afterlife? need to be proven worthy if you're going to go there anyways? Well, you, if, if you believe in, like, a heaven or hell, then you but have that's to... that's only, like, some religions, right? Sure, some cause, religions cause don't believe in that. Judaism Judaism doesn't, doesn't, I mean, I, I think there's some concept of it. Correct. Islam, I don't know if you guys... Islam have, is heaven and hell, yeah. Like, same as the ideas of Christians? Correct. Um, yeah, I think Christians is the same yeah. thing. Yeah. What about like I don't know about Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, all these other religions, right? Yeah, I'm not. Like, I'm not too sure about those ones. Be- before we continue, uh, do you guys know what the uh, study of death is called? Is it called uh, thanatology? <laughs> no, thanatology. Thanatology. Do you think Sorry. that's what Thanos was named? <laughs> that's exactly. Oh my god, that's amazing. Wait, what is it? <laughs> that's where Thanos, Thanos is named. the god of death. Yeah, and so no, from uh, Avengers. Avengers, and so death in Latin yeah, yeah. is Thanatos. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and okay, so you know, you answered. I answered. You, uh, you yeah. say you're not. I fair? said the day I die, I figure I'll figure it out. Like if it's an okay. afterlife, it's there. Mm-hmm. If like, there's no afterlife, I won't even yeah. know about it. Like we don't, to be honest, no, no one obviously knows any right. Obviously. But like we can have a like a belief, and I think that's yeah. Okay. I think whatever it's okay to have a belief, yeah. and you know whatever your beliefs are. It I just to me it doesn't make sense that there would be one because mm-hmm. if we are just other creatures, yeah, then why would why would we specifically have an afterlife and no other yeah. animal does? I'd like to take a moment to just imagine like a puppy heaven. That would right. be just really like a bunch comedy. of dogs floating around with wings, and, and they all have treats all the time. <laughs> yeah. That sounds nice. That sounds I, nice. I feel like that's that's fair. <laughs> well, what about a kitty heaven? That'd be cute too. That would be cute. Actually, I that think would I'd be, rather <laughs> that would be as cute. That would be super jaded. Everyone be in their own corner. Yeah, no one's talking to each other. <laughs> they get all they get hungry. They all fight with each other oh, over no. who's getting the treats. So uh, oh I do I do want to talk about. Uh, titles of articles because generally like you know we talk about gut microbiome 
And we alternatives, I always had a title. Quasi religious perspectives on vegetarianism. Oh yeah, phenomenal. Love that memory. Uh, (laughs) But I, I honestly spent 15 minutes searching for articles, trying to figure out uh, an article, or trying to find an article that sounded great. It turned out to be a book, and I learned. I, I think I've added another point in my philosophy of life. The name of the book is The Last Dance. Encountering death and dying. Okay. Now, it seems pretty, pretty simple. The last dance, but I do want to, you know, talk about why this book was actually named the last dance. And so there was a, an author. He's Carlos Castaneda, who wrote about the warriors uh, in Central America of the tribe Yaqui Indian. And so, because warriors can die any day they would make a dance of power in the face of death. So before they would go into battle, they would dance Mm. and there was sort of a sign to death. Hey, death, I'm ready for you. Mm. And the same author in his book said that, you know, we're going to die anywhere. So why don't spend the rest of our life dancing? And so the the epitome of you, (laughs) that's exactly it. And so literally said, yeah, yeah. we should be dancing through life. Yeah. And that's why the book of this book called The Last Dance, which covers all aspects of Thanatology, was named so. That that reminds me of a question actually that one of our viewers messaged me on Instagram today. And what they said is, if you had if you knew the exact date of when you were going to die, let's say it's June thirty thirtieth, you know, twenty twenty six, mm. how would your life change right now? Would your life change right now compared to then? Ooh, I think, I think definitely. <laughs> Why? No matter what the date, because right now I think we all have the false belief that we're gonna live forever, and every day, you know, like you know, let's say you do something you don't want to do, that's a sign that like you have all the time in the world. But the second we put a time limit on our existence, um, everything is like, I don't have time. I need to do this right now. I need to make the most of this moment. So right how now. did it change? To be honest, so okay. I guess it depends on when you're gonna die. Is it one depends on when you're gonna die, but two, I think the fact that I don't have a belief in an afterlife gives this current life more purpose. Absolutely. So I try to live every day. Like obviously, some days are hard, whatever. But yeah. you know, if there's nothing afterwards, this is all I have. Right. And I need to make the most of it. However, if you think there is something afterwards, you know, maybe you won't take every day as as like your last. But if you're making chance. every single day the most of it, anyways, mm. then. For you, yeah. it wouldn't change anyways. Right now, it, it wouldn't change. I think maybe if you said I was going to die next year, I think it would change. Yeah, like you I might, school, you yeah, know, party for I do whatever, yeah, yeah. You know, like travel the world, enjoy yeah. people, enjoy experiences. Yeah. But if anyone was going to die like at 80 years old, I might not change what I'm, I'm going to do. Even in 10 years, right? Might. 10 years? Maybe, as long as I have a good job to sustain myself, then yeah. I think I'd be okay. Have you guys... Okay, so I guess uh, the, the closest we can do, you know, uh, talk about or get near being dead is mm. near-death experiences. Have any of you guys experienced near-death experiences and changed your perspective about life after? No, not at all. I have not either. Fuck. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. You had a diving issue. Yeah, I've, I've had multiple, I would say four extreme near-death experiences. How close were you to death, Yapis? So I think the first one that I, I remember starkly is when I was free diving. Okay. And uh, I saw a couple of divers under, underwater. I had an underwater camera trying to take pictures of their death cage showing that I was like 15 meters underwater. And at one point, you know, I realized, okay, I need air. So as I was swimming up towards the surface, 
I just lost consciousness and I was in the Red Sea at that oh, point damn. and I remember waking up floating and looking up at the sky and everything spinning I had PTSD from going into the water for six months damn. in the pool it was pretty intense I didn't tell anyone or even though I think okay my parents don't know about it, but I guess my dad's gonna listen to this. Oh my goodness! <laughs> One way to find out. Oh, it's okay. My, my mom found out that we got jumped from this podcast. Oh, <laughs> she's like, we should talk about that experience you had last year. So anyhow, so this this happened around I'd say around ten years ago. So it was a while back. Yeah. I didn't tell my brother until three months later. I was like, guys, do you remember that day when we went scuba diving and I was free diving? Yeah. This is what happened because I. I had this fear that if I talked about it, people would get scared about it and then we would stop scuba diving. And at the time, scuba diving was my life. Anyhow, so that was one of the near-death experiences. I think Oshiaga the second day. What? This year? This Oshiaga. year. No way. What yeah. happened to you on Oshiaga? So I was awake till like 8 o'clock in the morning and I remember going to bed and I slept only for three, uh, three to four hours that day because it was a lot of fun. But I was into bed and I could feel my heart skip beats because I hadn't slept for two days straight. And I was like, huh, this could be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't thought this could be yeah, it. Yeah, I remember this could be it. I picked up Sharky. I was like, oh, Hold great on. life. It was a it's great like, night. Oh. It didn't change your perspective at all. I life. think, okay, okay. So my great, my, uh, the, the, I would say I changed drastically uh, is because, I, like, I think we talked about this. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. But when I got my first, uh, you know, when there was a relapse of my ulcerative colitis coming back, I went to the hospital. I think Cash, you know a lot about this. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, when I went to the hospital, they did a couple of tests. They had, a, you know, at the McGill General Hospital, they were like, okay, I think uh, we need to get you, get you a colonoscopy done within the next two days because there's a high possibility of cancer. I had um, uh, the final exams were going on, and I knew I had a class for the fundamentals of thermal uh, thermal and fluid computational dynamics class with Baliga, and I had an exam for it, but I couldn't do it because I had this thing. So I literally told the doctor, "Can you delay it for a week because I have an exam?" Oh, he's man. like, "Week max, but we need to get this." So for a week, he's like, "There's a high possibility of cancer, based on our blood." Mm. I got the colonoscopy done. Everything was fine. Biopsy was fine. I didn't do it. <laughs> Actually, it was the wrong doctor. Like, I like uh, my uh, new doctor. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, that week made me reevaluate my entire life. Mm. So it's like having two chocolate bars in your fridge. One has an expiry date, one doesn't. The one that has an expiry date, you're going to... Okay, by the way, I love chocolate. That's why we're talking about chocolate <laughs> in the fridge. And... Yeah, so I, you know, looked at the chocolate in the fridge that has an expiry date. You want to finish it before it expires. Yeah. Versus the chocolate bar that does not have an expiry date. You think about it, you think about it, and next thing you know, you just forget about it at the back of the fridge. Mm. Then two years later, when you decide to clean your fridge, sometimes two to three months, you see the chocolate bar, you're like, oh, this was here. Yeah. And so that's the same way I look at life now is because at that moment, for that week, I felt this could be it. I'm a ticking time bomb. Mm. And once, you know, the tested results came out, I was like, nothing absolutely changed, but we're still going to die. Sure. It sounds like almost any news you get, whether it's about our health, will change oh, how we sure. live our lives. For sure. Right? And that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, just going back to the afterlife thing, I forgot completely that I pulled a lot of stuff on my Instagram. Oh, cool. I don't know if yeah, you guys we should, noticed. We should talk about that. <laughs> I had a typo in every oh, one of yeah, like every my... Every single one. <laughs> every single one. It's... 
had a typo. They're not um, polls. They're questions and answers. I don't know how the difference happens. Right. I made quizzes on yeah. my Instagram that apparently had a right and wrong answer, even yeah. though this was just a complete, you know, anyways. I think um, the best is when one of the answers is yes, NP, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually looking at that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe in afterlife? And it's actually pretty even across the board. 50-50? It's, it's like 30-30-30. Okay. Oh, wow. 30-30? Oh, like because Ish. it's like it's pretty well i said maybe as well well here, okay. here's, here's the thing i want to just briefly mention like i think you know let's say half believe in yes half believe no half believe whatever maybe but i think it's important to let people you know kind of believe what they want hmm. because especially sure. there's a process that i think um karl marx described is a process of moving away from that there's meaning to life to that there's no meaning to life yeah and that is like an is the most they, he described it as I think it was the most painful experience that someone can go through, right? Just realizing that there is no meaning. That the right. realizes there is no meaning because it changes yeah. everything about about yourself. Well, we're gonna talk about that next week, aren't we? Oh yeah, actually we are. Yeah, I shouldn't go too much into that. Interestingly, talking about the science of studying death as thanatology, mm. I believe uh, that each one of us is actually studying thanatology because it's directly related to living life. Yeah. Because the study of death is essentially a personal experience mm. you you could have an academic uh, paper that talks about death in its neurological you know effects of the brain or what it you know what's the definition of death in terms of our physiological functioning yeah but at the end of the day when we talk about death which is the absence of the soul it goes down to what exactly is that soul mm. you know uh, is it a combination of all these organs together yeah or is it something that's overlaying the our our subsystem so again it's a very religious topic yeah so on that note if we're going to talk we, we just talked a bit about afterlife and all that do you fear death yeah i think we talked about this we should go back to it. you're right for me i do not i think i fear the act of dying you know like i hope i'm not like in pain or whatever yeah but i'm not really afraid of, of the actual dying why because Actually, you have to answer first and then go to why. Okay, so it like goes Like yes back. or no, kind of. Uh, yes or, okay. I'll say no. No? Yeah, I don't either. No, okay. You go ahead. For me, like, yes, I'm afraid, like I said, like I'm afraid of the act of dying. Like, I hope it's not painful. I hope I'm not, like, awake through the whole thing. I hope that my family's there, my friends are there, whatever. You know, holding my hands like, goodbye, you can leave now. Okay, I'm going to go. I hope that's how it goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Dying your sleep or something? Yeah. Yeah, but I guess because... And obviously, I think I, like, we don't know the truth of how this is going to go. Yeah, you know. It could be that when you go, the second you go unconscious, you're in, like, excruciating pain and you're just, like, blah, whatever. But I think that, so, you know, it's like, boom, it happens, you're dead, and then you're unconscious, you don't feel anything, whatever. And I'm not afraid of not feeling anything because it's not. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, it comes down to that every single one of us, everyone in this room, every hour, every minute, every second is growing older. And at the end, death is inevitable, right? Mm. So, it's going to happen. There is no purpose in worrying about it. Because, you know, realistically speaking, I could just walk down the street and, and die. And die. But you could it. also get hit by a car, be brutally maimed, sit in the hospital for six months and then die. Correct. Yeah. 
that's that's scary, right? Like nobody, yeah. I don't think anyone wants. So that. I think I'm for me, anyways. I'm more in line with you, Cash. Mm. It's I don't fear death itself because what is death? Death is just nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. It's it's not living, right? It's quite literally just the cessation of any sensation. Yeah. Like a blind man doesn't see darkness or not darkness. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the perception of anything. Yeah. In terms of like terms you know seeing, in yeah. terms of sight. Yeah. So why would I care if I'm dead? If there's just not, it's like I don't remember anything before I was born. It doesn't exist to me. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. But but you know if I get hit by a car and I have to six, 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 sit six months in the hospital, that's mm -hmm. a different story. That's, yeah. That's pain that you're going through. I think actually for me, the bigger issue with death is not my death. It's death of other people or, oh, yeah. or how my death will affect the people that love me. Because yeah. the only people that have to deal with death is not the dead person. It's, it's the people, people yeah, around them. Exactly. Hopefully that's a possibility there's an afterlife, but that comes <laughs> yeah, back. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's speaking for someone who doesn't believe in afterlife. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But at the same time. Wait, wait, also, if there is an afterlife, what, who says that all your family and friends are going to go to the same afterlife that you are? We don't know. We'll find out. That's my that's, <laughs> that's my true. philosophy in life. But again, um, I think what's important is you know talking about all these cultures where there is a belief of afterlife or death. Um, I mean, there is one possibility that there exists an afterlife. Mm -hmm. Always, I always keep that option open. But at the same time, it could be a coping mechanism for us as humans to survive yeah. and move on. Yeah. Because for every orga or organism. Moving from you know your gene pool from one generation to another is the aim of life, but there are species like you know the salmon. The second they fertilize their eggs, they die. But you know they take that trek. Same thing mm. with the octopus, they die. But humans, not the case. Mm. We have exceeded our lifespan to such a way that we could see our grandchildren, mm. and the idea is that we as offsprings probably need more care than you know the salmon's where they have an innate understanding of. They also have thousands of them each person right like yeah it comes back to evolutionary biology at the end of the day that's exactly it and actually you know what if we want to talk about that i was going to really quickly interject and say talk about if we're going to talk about afterlife my favorite afterlife is the viking afterlife because that looks awesome i do not about you know valhalla you never like see i read I've heard of it. so yeah, like basically yeah, if sure. they die in battle they go into this like big great hall of their god odin and all they do is they feast they drink and then they fight some more, kill each other in the battlefield, and then they go back and do it again. And like so, they do what they love, you know, yeah. drinking, forever, feasting, yeah. and fighting, and they do that forever. That sounds awesome. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. But you're talking right now about how, or at least from what I understand, is that what differentiates us from some species like salmon, which have a thousand offspring and then they just die, is that we have to take care of our young. Um, and so, and that we're now getting better and better at maintaining our own health and age so that as we get older we can take care not just of our young but our, of our young's young and such so mm -hmm. in terms of that what are your thoughts on immortality i was honestly thinking about the same thing because i have a poll on my instagram me too. Yeah, whether me too. you know would you want to live forever if you had the possibility to i think yes or no mine answers. was a little bit different my poll was um should we strive towards immortality and that's a different question it's like it's a bit should of a different we, some more of a moral question versus yeah. a so you go first, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So Actually, wait, wait, wait. Before you repeat that, let's talk about our own opinions. Yeah. Should we, if you could be immortal, would you? No. Yeah, cash. We could talk about why after, but. I think I'm on the. I put no in your poll, but I think I'm on 
defense because to be honest I have to imagine a life of what if we were all immortal for example if there were unlimited resources um, if everything was immortal then we'd all just live forever just humans because earth isn't going to change I mean there's a condition if yeah. you guys all stay together doing that immortality yeah that's, a, that's a huge condition <laughs> wait, so, wait hold on if we are all immortal who's to I mean friends change all the time who's to say in 10,000 years we still have the same ideas I had a lot of trust in our Friendship. Me too, but I have, I, have, <laughs> years I, have, I, have, I have 83 years, you know, the average life expectancy yeah. amount of trust. I don't know about 10,000 years. Um, but okay. We still talk about this. I also absolutely would not want to be immortal. Mm. But the other question is, should science try to make us immortal? That's more of a moral. I don't think so. Like, realistically, I'm, I'm against it, I think. Okay, first of all, I, I, again, whether science can cannot is... A question of choice again? Well, no. Whether science can't... Oh, like whether it should. Yeah. yeah. Whether it can or cannot, that's something we should get into. But, yeah. should, but should it happen? Like, should we strive for that? I think no. Because, uh, yo, humans, we're pests. We're wires. Like, I mean, if we as a population constantly grew and there was no counterbalance to it, hmm. we would definitely destroy this earth. Well, what do we think about, like... So, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, like, um, a lot of us... Like, Abby and I were in healthcare research, right? Mm. We're basically trying to prolong death. Prolong it, but not make it immortal. No, but at some but point, you keep prolonging, you keep prolonging. I, uh, no, well, like, that's the question, right? Is it even possible to become immortal? And I don't know if you guys are aware of what's called the Hayflick limit. Hayflick, it's what, called no, Hayflick. It? So it's this theoretical idea that a cell can only divide a certain amount of times before DNA damage and shortening of telomeres doesn't allow it to divide anymore. Yeah, so there's okay. a set limit for each cell, let's say 40, 60 divisions, whatever it is, um, and before the cell goes into senescence, which is mm. basically, it stops dividing, it starts dying. Well, there's and a lot of research to prevent that, right? To prevent tummy shortening. Uh, yes, but that's, we also know that that's not the only thing that happens, right? As we okay. age, mitochondrial damage. I mean, the more a cell divides, the more the DNA gets replicated, the higher mm. the, the chances of some sort of mutation occurring, right? Yeah. And those mutations tend to cause all sorts of diseases yeah. and also just cause us to die. So even if we wanted to, I'm not convinced that it's possible that we can in the first place. Well, if you, go, if you look at cells, for example, like I've used, for, for example, immortalized cell lines in the past. Right. And these are cells that have been like transected or like there's a gene inside of them that allows them to stay alive forever, potentially. Um, have I continually grown them to after a billion pastures, they divide over and over again. No, but I think the idea that we can look at cells, like just cells on a dish, and make them immortal isn't that far away. In a dish. In a dish, yes. Right? You look at the body within the same system. Even if you look at the cardiac system, the mm -hmm. nervous system, how many different thousands of cell types are there? Yeah. And not only cell types, within those populations of the cells, same, same cell type, there's variations yeah. in genetic coding. Mm -hmm. There's variations in the proteins that are being then trans, uh, translated. Yeah. Uh, and the RNA that's being translated, the proteins that are being coded. Like, there's so many differences that not only do we not understand, if we ever do understand, but yeah. even if we do, like, you have to then put it all together. And something that might work for one cell mm -hmm. might not work for a cell on the opposite end of the body. So what? Now you're going to bring, like, 70 different treatments or 700 different treatments yeah, into one human? And then what does also that say about quality of life? Okay, so before we continue, mm. uh, you talked about gene expression and death. I just want to drop this as a fact that uh, T. 
Do you know that they studied the gene expression in mice and zebrafish after they died, and they found out that they did not they did did diminish gradually uh, throughout time after death, but there were certain genes, thousands of genes that became more active after death, and in some cases, they these spike expressions yeah. lasted up to four days. Yeah, of course. There's it's uh, cell death is a, the programmed cell death is a thing. The cells really? will eat itself to maintain its own energy, right? Okay, and then that's yeah, yeah. That's what part of the decomposing process is yeah. too. But could that be part of our consciousness too? No, I don't. I don't, not, I don't not necessarily. We will talk about consciousness yeah. though oh, in true. a few episodes. That is correct. I was gonna add something. What did you just say? I was gonna add right on top of it um, uh, about pro- program cell death or about senescence no, and different uh, quality of life. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So, so I think yes, I think and I agree with you that like yes, that quality of life would be terrible. So, but this whole idea, and I think we've all watched that Black Mirror episode where you can like download your consciousness yes. to someone else into Nick. or into um, something yeah. else. The, when they're on the beach, right? No, no, no. There's that's, a few different ones. Oh, there's a couple of them. No, there's yeah, yeah. San San Bernardino or something. Yes. Is the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, You're yeah, probably yeah. thinking of the. Oh, season finale of one yeah, episode yeah, yeah. where she uploads but the consciousness into an egg. Both, actually. Yeah, yeah, her own consciousness where you would have an assistant yeah. who is a copy of a consciousness. The one you're talking about is after death, uh, people would upload their consciousness into an alternate reality. Exactly, yeah. oh, that's an interesting but, topic. But in to both, like, you're kind of immortalized, right? One is your consciousness being transferred Are from you immortalized? It's not a transfer, though. I mean, maybe the way Blackmere does it, but yeah. the way that they talk about it in the media, at least, yeah. or, or the way that science talks about it as well, is that it's not like you're uploading your consciousness. It's that you're creating a copy of your consciousness that becomes a completely ident- independent entity in the consciousness that's in your mortal body. Yeah. And eventually when the mortal body dies, then the other consciousness continues. So it's essentially a clone that becomes its own independent self, which is not really immortalization. It's, it's something different. I think it's kind of a moral immortalization. Like, um, if I were to make a clone of you right now, and this is a Rick and Morty episode, actually. <laughs> if I were to make a clone of you right now, right? And... Um, and I told you, oh, sorry, okay, so Rick and Morty, basically, you came up to me and you said, I want to go travel the world, can you make a clone of me to take over my oh, life, yeah. right? And then, so, once you say that, the second you say that, you don't know if I did it or not. Okay, right? fine. So it's then you... Schrodinger's cat, right? Yeah, so then at any point, you don't know if you're the clone or you're not, and if you're going to be killed or you're not going to be killed afterwards, but because you still have all the memories that you've had in the past... And you're still yourself. Right, but there's okay. a, but no, I don't think that's immortalization though. You because it's so? well it's two copies. If it's two copies and you're not being immortalized, you're creating hmm. a second thing that might has its own it, has its own memories and, and everything that you've had. But then they could die. But you're not immortalized. You're creating something else that becomes immortalized. Well, that thing is immortal. If, if you're that thing might be immortalized, yeah. but you yourself, you cash. No, will then not you, be then immortalized, that, yeah. right? If I'm making copies, then yeah, that copy especially, would be exactly, that and especially if it becomes independent. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this goes back to this philosophical question. So there are three scenarios of a ship going from point A to point B. Okay, let's say this ship A goes from point A to point B and it reaches in spit, you know, the the exact you know, way that it left the port and arrived the port. Let's say in point B, it hits a rock and then they had to replace a couple of panels, all right? So point one reaches as is, point B replaces a couple of panels. Point C, uh, uh, sorry, the third scenario is where this entire ship gets destroyed, but the crew jump into another ship and they reach the right destination. Is the ship that left port A exactly the same as it left port B? 
in port A for sure because it's the same ship. In port from the, in the second scenario, where they change a couple of panels, it's the same ship still. But it's not exactly the same because there's a couple of panels that are changed. Okay, I okay. fall and I scrape myself and I hurt my arm and my skin regrows over the scrape. Am I still Avatar or am I a new entity? So the third situation is when they replace the entire ship but the crew is the same. Is it the same ship? Possibly, possibly not. The idea over here we're trying to bring in is that through our allies, the day we are born and the day we die, are we the same person? Because our personality no, changes. Of course. of course not. But the vessel is still the same. The vessel's not the same in scenario C. The, the, the crew jumped ship into a different ship. So the I vessel's mean, gone. You're going to talk about the ship itself. In scenario B, I'd argue yeah. it is the same. Scenario. But it could the be a near-death experience that rewires your brain. Maybe, but... The, but like, you're still your, yeah, I, th- I say you're still yourself. You're still well. yourself. Like, you're, the idea of life, I mean, which I guess we'll get into next mm. week, is that you continue... You change over life, right? Your experiences shape... It's a question of nature versus nurture. You have the nature that... The genetic code that's creating the body mm. and the initial mind but from the second i mean even in the womb experiences are going to sh- your mother's yeah. experiences are going to shape you right? correct i think you asked asking a question about like whether or not there is a soul like if i were to create an exact copy of you would that behave the exact same way you behave or is it missing your soul i well and i don't think it would behave the exact same way because it would have a different experience i don't believe in a soul though so. I, I agree I agree in that I don't believe in a soul, but I think it would behave the exact same way you behave. But I, well, no, because yeah. I mean, even us sitting, even if we s- sat the exact same, things would, I mean, uh, the, the angle that the light hits you would be slightly mm-hmm. different. You don't know the butterfly effect of that. that. That's fair, but I think if like two of me's were to sit across me and you were telling a story or something, I think maybe like, you know, our mannerisms would be different, but our reactions would be like almost exactly the same in that moment. But then once you start to put in other factors like time, if after 10 days, yeah, you so might come time, back as right? different people. That's, that's what yeah. I mean. But I, I do definitely want to bring this up. I was talking about, I was watching Peaky Blinders. It's a great show to watch. Peaky Blinders? Peaky Blinders. Okay. And uh, I want to quote something that I heard from them recently where this guy was talking about the purpose of life. He's like, this is, you know, when people ask themselves, what's the purpose of life? Then he's basically saying this is a... Um, it's a nonsense question to a nonsense answer that we'll never know, essentially. I think philosophically, yes, we'll never know, but I think we need to answer it to give us meaning. So yeah. what meaning? I, I think we're getting off topic a little That's bit. True. We're yeah. talking yeah. about death, not the meaning of life. Yeah. Correct. Right. So we're next week's episode. Of life. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to immortality because that's where this I think, conversation stemmed from. Yeah. Okay. And there's something I wanted to bring going back to biology and evolution is the fact that nature has a wonderful solution to this, mm-hmm. to immortality. And that is, you know, the gene code, right? What is the purpose of us here? It's to pass on our DNA in the best way that we can. Mm. It has made our DNA immortal. It has made our genes immortal. And it's made the vessels that give that gene down to the next generation Mm. mortal. Yeah. Right? So our bodies, us as humans at least, compared to other species, we have a peak in which we're physically fit mm. and we're at the best possible shape and best possible weight to pass on the genes and then of course we stay on for a little longer while a little while longer rather to to help raise the offspring and make sure that they are then able to pass those yeah. immortal genes on but eventually after some point you know your body starts deteriorating i mean women go through menopause men also their bodies start degrading and eventually we die yeah and correct. that is because we're programmed eventually we become a burden 
Like, let's yeah. be honest, we're just taking up resources and our offspring yeah. have to help us instead of helping their offspring. Yeah. Yeah. So I do, that's why I really don't think immortality is good. The other thing is, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the philosopher Alan Watts. Have you ever heard of him? Alan Watts is a singer. Alan Watts. Alan Watts. It's an Alan Walker. Alan Walker. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Alan Watts. So yeah. uh, I reached him once. He's just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just, uh, he's like this philosopher in Berkeley from the 60s, 70s, English guy, mm. drank a lot. Um, but he was this super pop philosopher. And he was talking about, I was listening to a lecture he had on death. One of the things he said is like, you know, or basically the gist is, why would you want to be immortal when, I mean, you right now at 25, enjoy life differently than you did when you were five and when you were 40, Yeah. right? When you're five, everything is for lack of a better term, it's wonderless, right? It's it's beautiful, it's magnificent. You get to 20, 25. Yeah, when you're five, everything is incredible. Like, look how tall that tree is. Look how beautiful that green is. Imagine if you were like that now. Like, how would we get anything done? Yeah. (laughs) And then at 25, I don't want to say you become jaded, but like you start seeing the world a little differently. You start seeing a bit more realistically, but still, you know, emotions of love, of heartbreak, of like excitement, of partying, whatever, all that, those emotions, that's something that's really running through you and you really enjoy it. And then you get to 40 and all that's kind of settling down. Yeah. But still, you have other emotions that come through. Once you get to 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, mm. you know, have you ever met someone who's that old? Yeah. Life kind of goes by them. Like they have a wisdom about them, but yeah. they're not seeing the world in the same way that you do because they've seen it all. Yeah. But if I don't you know, hit I think, like 300, yeah. 400, 500, 1,000, 10,000, Man, I would be so tired of the same old stuff over and over and over again. I is think that why yes. you want? So I'm curious to know that if we, that is that the reason why you want to not live forever. That's what I think. That's one of the reasons. The other reason is the fact that I know I'd be a burden because my body's not going to work at five. That's okay. So comes to a point. I think a lot of times we talk about. I think this is something I should have clarified in my poll. Is that if you wanted to live forever? Would you want to live forever if you were healthy? Because every time we talk about living a life, mm. we think about after the age of 40, 50, we become dependent. But what if that sort of dependence is, does not exist? I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't because at some point you have done everything. Okay, so can you give me a per- the percentage of how many people of yours? I will ask a different question to you, right? I asked if we should strive towards immortality and the vast majority said no. 60% of mine said no as well, that they didn't want to live forever. That's forty percent is still a pretty a pretty big amount. Yeah, for yes. And okay, those who believe life after death, seventy percent of my of my users. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, like I thought, there was going to be a direct correlation between people who didn't want to live forever versus people who believe in afterlife because they'll be like, oh, I don't want to live forever because I mean, I have an afterlife. But opposites. The other thing is, right. you know, at some point we need to make room for the next generation, like. There's something to be said about a new generation bringing in new ideas yeah. and new new concepts, new things yeah. to life. Have you guys been on TikTok or no? I've been on TikTok. Wait, yeah. I, had, I was on TikTok. <laughs> Wild I'm, that app. Completely new. It's so different. <laughs> can, can, I, can I ask for a two-minute interval so that I can go pee? Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep talking. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. I think this will keep the door open. <laughs> I don't think they want to hear you, Yafin. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um... But yeah, like, yeah, that's, like, that's what I mean. I don't, I just, you know, at some point you need to move on. I agree, but I don't think, I think I agree, but I don't know if like, let's say we're, <laughs> let's say we're a hundred, you know, 
I think at that age, if I was 100, I think I'd be ready to die. But imagine if I had more to do, I think I'd have more to I think I'd have more to do. Like, but I mean, are you more to do in what way? Like more, you know, you wish that you said bye to this person. You wish you were able to do the bungee jumping or that this other dream that you had since you were 20. Like whether it's, I, I think we don't know what those things are because we haven't lived past that age. Like whether it's um, like now, let's say you're 100 years old, you know, I've understand what love is and I've been married three times and I... I understand heartbreak, all that stuff. But maybe at 150, you know, there's a different aspect of that one emotion that we haven't seen yet. Not to say love is the emotion, but maybe there's other other emotions that we're not really understanding well, I until guess we live that long. It's fair, but it goes back to your idea of afterlife, right? You were talking about how mm-hmm. if there was no afterlife, why would we live this? We would want to live this life to the fullest. Or yeah. Well, I'm not saying I want immortality, though. Like, I definitely don't, right. don't want it, but... The thing is, if you're immortal, what... Just... If you're immortal, what... Mm-hmm gives you the drive if there is no death yeah what gives you the drive to do everything now no, not really you, t- you take your time you need yeah but you know you take your time you still miss opportunities yeah that's true. so yeah. The, the idea that we have death means it kind of i don't want to say it gives a sense of urgency because i'm not someone who thinks about death all the time yeah. i generally don't think about death really mm-hmm. oh that um, was also that was another question that i had um, yeah. I think, you know, this podcast, the first time I thought about death in a very long time, yeah, yeah same, but I mean, I'm young, uh, but you know, if you're not the, where's the urgency, if you have all the time in the world, why would I be in school when I could just be sitting on my couch watching TV and enjoying my life that way? If there's no death and if I didn't have a set, you know, a timeline really. Mm. Okay. If you did that then everyone else would do that, there would be no Netflix. There would be no movies to watch. But but those yeah, no, I'm arguing yeah. that those things are only there because there is this sense of urgency of like I have a life I need to accomplish things correct or I need to accomplish things by a certain time so that I can accomplish them yeah, yeah and my knees are going to break down and I can no longer go running I need to be prepared for that sort of stuff and so if yeah, it wasn't true. for yeah. that then I would not do the things I do today creating those memories and moments yeah so which is like, what one of your 2020 uh, what yeah, is goals? what is it yeah definitely creating more memories and moments honestly. Um, to think about it, uh, the last three weeks were great with my family. We create those moments, those memories, but in hindsight, 2019 was great because we create those memories and it seems such a long year because of all these moments and memories. Mm. So comes down to third axiom of my philosophy of life. The length of your life is defined by these moments and memories, not by how long you live in terms of time scale. Now, you know, reversing, you know, taking this conversation to what death is if or the absence or the existence or absence of death honestly we would not create these moments of memories if we live for an infinite uh life yeah 100%. i agree what would be the point there wouldn't be a point i don't well maybe there would be i don't see a point well it sounds like you know we need the bad in order to actually actually feel the good so do you guys do you guys think about death often i think of death every day that was uh, 75 every single day Every at Wait, least, 75% for you said they think about death a lot? They do not think about death. Okay, mine is 50-50. Yours is 50-50? Yeah, 50-50. Oh, wow. What did I ask exactly? I said, do you... Oh, no. I said, do you fear or worry about death? Okay. Oh. That, I think that's 50-50 fair. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't think about... Last time I thought about death was probably like six years ago, maybe. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I don't think about my death. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. You know... Yeah. I love history, and mm. I especially love bloody history. 
like wars and that kind of stuff. Okay. So in that sense, yeah, I think about death. But I think we're talking about our, our own death. Our yeah. own death, yeah, yeah. I don't think about it. It's been a long I mean, time. I, it, I don't think, I, I think I should rephrase the question in the fact that, because every time we think about our own death, it could be morbid. But I think in my uh, case is when I think about my death, I was like, woohoo, this is going to be great. Let's just enjoy today because yeah. we're going to die anyways. So I saw this on someone's Instagram story. It was a cookie and it said, put it in the fuck it bucket. Put it in the bucket? The no, fuck it bucket. Put it oh, in, yeah, in the okay. fuck it bucket. And basically that's my... This podcast officially became NSFW. <laughs> oh, I, I, I honestly was reading a quote. Yeah, yeah. Off a cookie. Which, and, and that's that's it. Like, you know, if we're going to die anyways, hmm. might as well put it in the bucket. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, okay, I have another question for you guys that I pulled on my Instagram. Should we keep, given the fact that there's 55 million people, 60 million people a year dying, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet, right? And that number is just going to get larger and larger and larger. Mm-hmm. And there's a finite space on the planet should we keep burying our dead in graveyards? Oh, well... Okay, so yeah. I think... Loaded question, because yeah. you know my... I think you guys know my yeah. ideas here. I'll tell you what my Instagram said. Well, then you kind of prefaced it as well with the five yeah. <laughs> I did. I did not on the Insta. Yeah. And it was, it was like 45-55. So again, pretty even split. Um, well, there's a I, lot of... I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't think we should be doing graveyards anymore. I okay, but there's a reason to why we did gra- do why we did do, do graveyards. They could be because of religious reasons. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's such a great coping mechanism mm-hmm. to death because death at the end of the day, or, or someone's death, or burial of someone, in, in one way could be this guy's done, and now it comes into it's sort of a way to realize that we're going to be down there as well in that one space, one box space. Mm-hmm. So I think burying someone is. Uh, a great way for us to realize that our life is temporary. Why not plant a tree? Why not cremate and spread the ashes in a very memorable place? Maybe put a plaque there. Why do we need to take up acres and acres and acres of land? I mean, let's think about it, right? The average grave is what? If a person's like six feet, it's seven feet long by three, four feet wide. Yeah, but times times that that by infinity because we're all going to continue. Exactly, right? So like how much, but even in in a year, that's like that's millions of acres of yeah. feet, yeah. square feet, a year that's of land that's been taken up that could be used for for agriculture, could be used to replant trees, could be used for grazing land for animals, could be used to repopulate parts like areas, yeah. you know, like make the city larger. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like I, I don't guess think that's why should. there's a benefit to have mass graves. Kidding. Oh that's my god. Bad. No, but, I, I think you should, you know make a tree, grow yeah. grow a forest. I mean, yeah. I know in Israel every child that's planted. Uh, every child that's born, there's a tree that's planted for them. I don't okay. know if, or maybe not every, but I mean, I know there was one planted for me, for my brother. Mm. Um, I don't know about death, because I know there are graveyards. I don't know what Judaism says about this. Um, about like cremation or that kind of stuff. Like, why not rebury? I'd rather life come out of my death, like a yeah. tree come out of me, than me sitting in a hard wooden glossy yeah. finished okay. coffin with metal reinforcement and cloth and the inside is not biodegradable and like nothing happens yeah. in islam cover. you just cover you get covered by a white cloth that's it there's no coffin there's no in judaism, no, there is a, in judaism it's the same but i thought there is a grave in uh, there's, there's a, a grave, grave but, it's but like then a it's not a coffin it's just a cloth oh, right, right, right. right. judaism is the same the but like yeah christianity that's 1.5 million billion people mm. i don't know about the other religions but 
You know, talking about death and rituals, um, Dia de los Mortes, it's the Day of the Dead that's celebrated by the Mexicans and where they welcome the dead that, that comes, you know, temporary back in life. Yeah. And to think about it, it's such a great way to grieve and mourn the continuity of life. Mm-hmm. And so talking about all these rituals of burial itself as a ritual might be just a coping mechanism for us to come to realize that, you know, we've lost someone, but we know where they are. For example, if I were to die, you guys could come to my grave and be like, yo, what's up? Yeah, you know, I think it's just, <laughs> that's where, where graveyards are from. And it's not necessarily for the dead. It's for the living. For it's the 100% living. for the living. Yeah, I think what I was saying, like, realistically, I don't think it makes sense because of that lack of space. You know, there's better ways to use that line. But then personally, like, it gives us a, a sense of yeah. meaning, sense of connection to that person still, um, hopefully forever. Um, but at some point, I think, regardless, we're going to have to switch views more yeah. towards a realistic point of view because we're running out of running out of space. I think, as with everything, people should do what they're comfortable with and what's good for them. Hmm. But I think that, especially with topics like death that are pretty touchy, and I guess death cafes are really helping with this, we need to be bringing light, we need to be bringing these things into discussion. Because if we don't, then we just keep going with the same traditions and rituals that we've been going for thousands of years. Mm. And, you know, people aren't able to cope with it. So have you guys ever attended I a haven't. Death cafe? I'd love to go to a death cafe. Uh, this is basically a death cafe. Yeah. You know what a death cafe is? No, no, no. Basically, a, people, a bunch of people sit around and talk about their thoughts on death. Wasn't it started by Daniel? And no, it's a, it's a, in, much, in McGill, maybe McGill Death McGill, Cafe. Yeah. But like, I found a website that I hope to post a podcast on um, mm, nice. that you just write a blog about death cafes. Like, this is technically a death cafe. You know, we're true. talking about death yeah. in an open and constructive manner and we're discussing our own opinions and ideas of <coughs> what it is to die i think it's healthy and like and very necessary as some absolutely in your life yeah you know from an engineering perspective death is like pretty simple in the sense there's, there is a sense of immortality because the second law of thermodynamics essentially states that energy cannot be destroyed it transforms from one form to another as, as it humans some, it goes somewhere it goes somewhere and so our energy mm-hmm. so the entropy level has to be constantly increasing yeah. So in some sense, uh, you know, we engineers believe the continuity of life in some form or the other. That's yeah. fair. I mean, I think in general, there is continuity of life, right? True. Yeah. You, yeah, you were saying before about the passing on genes as well. Like. Not just that. I mean, you, it's not like you're, when you die, you just don't degrade. You go back to the earth. Actually, it reminds me, you guys want to hear what Yafis' response to uh, oh whether or not we should have graveyards are? Yes. You're going to laugh. So Yafis said, let me find it. It was a great response, Yafis. Uh, he said, why should we bur- keep burying our dead? Because I want to be buried next to my love so that one day a potter could mold us into a single pot. Yeah. What? It was the name of the poet that said that. Oh, and it's, I think not, it's actually like the, the sweetest thing I've ever heard. That is, that is you know, my, the most romantic piece of poetry ever. Mm. And, and that makes your love eternal. And yeah. uh, I, I guess if you were ever to die, what, you know, you were talking about scenarios where you wanted to die and you wanted to die in front of your family saying goodbye. Um, would you by any chance, pull that plug yourself, or would you wait for your own entire body to shut down? Oh, oh is there a scenario where you would be like, okay, I want to die? What would that be? What would be the conditions? Do you, okay, so do you mean like make 
because when they talk, people talk about euthanasia, talk about passive and active, right? Yeah. So passive is like a DNR, so mm-hmm. or withholding treatment when some withholding treatment that could potentially prevent or save the life rather. Yeah. Uh, and then there's active, which is pulling the plug. Correct. Right. Active. Okay, actually, I, don't, I have no idea. It's not something I've ever okay, thought reason, of because I've never been in that situation or had anybody in my life in that situation. Correct. The only reason why I asked that is because of the movie called Her, where this guy gets married to an operating system. Yeah. And essentially, at the end of their life, they're sitting down and they're old because she gets, you know, muted into a body. And this guy decides, okay, I'll, you know, he's about to die. So he dies and she decides that she wants to die as well. So they pull out the plug out of her system. Why is it that Black Mirror episode? Where they upload his consciousness into like a robot or something. The guy, like this girl's husband dies. One of the f- later ones? No, it's an earlier one. Maybe it's a Black Mirror episode. Maybe it's a movie. No, there's her. a Black Mirror episode okay. similar where it's like. Probably. It sounds like a yeah. Black Mirror episode. Anyways, sorry. Um, tangent. Yeah. But where, where are we, you know, I, I think the only way we can live life is to have an understanding of death. Because yeah, at the yeah. end, end of end of the day we are going to die so even though we're going to talk about life in our next you know in the series of episodes mm. uh, i think we could come to a concluding point to what death is now and i think the the biggest question we're all going to be asking ourselves is that are we constantly aware of death and if so where do you think that's taking us and how are we consciously living our life in the present based on that idea of whether death afterlife exists or not. And I think it's a personal experience that each one of us are living and each one of us are Thanos in a way. Yeah. Is that we're trying to understand or study death by living our lives. I think it's a good point. I hope like us discussing this um, kind of facilitates that thought process in our in our viewers as yeah. well, right? And um, speaking of our viewers, should we go live? I think I'm. I, I think yeah. all the questions that I had are done. I don't know if you guys have more things you want to discuss. I think I've covered majority of the questions. We that... can go live and keep discussing things as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. So oh. see if any of our number yeah. one fans are going to go on. So we're in the room with our number one fan, and we're going to go live. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to tell yeah. people that. <laughs> I mean, we don't look as cool anymore. Yeah, man. definitely. It's cool. <sighs> True. Agreed. But at the same time, you know, we got to give a shout out to our number f- one fan. <laughs> yeah, when, when they go on. All right, all right. So, uh, Cash, do you want to come a bit closer so that yeah. we get uh, live. live on the Insta? Are you on yours or on the Kikas? Kikas. Fair. Okay. Uh, no, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I hate Kikas. that you can't do sideways. You can't do sideways online? The thing is, oh, you can Instagram. Mm. Okay, I think that's good. All cool. right, so we're going to get it live. Um, and, you know, while we go live, are there any quotes of death that you guys have borrowed today? Because one of the quotes that I love the most is where, you know, the potter uh, molds the clay of you and your loved person that's buried under the same, mm-hmm. or in the same mud. But there's also another quote by Dylan Thomas that says, and he talks about mortality and he says, and death shall have no <laughs> dominion. And everyone fans on. Sorry. Death uh, shall have what? No dominion? Yeah. That we will never have an understanding of death. Yeah, it's true. At all. Of course not, because you can't study something that you, you don't know. Experience. You, yeah. But why do we? Why do we study death then? 
What's the idea? We don't study death. We study the response we, to death. I, I guess philosophy is trying to understand it to the best of our abilities so that we can do something with that knowledge, right? Like, for me, understanding death um, gave me more meaning. And I think that's maybe a similar experience to others, but other people might give them less meaning or might maybe cause them to go travel the world or whatever. Like, I think it's very, it's very personal. And uh, to talk about it, there's an entire PhD thesis that I printed out here <laughs> where he... That's it? Yeah, that I think that is actually oh yeah, it's a PhD thesis, pretty small. It's like fifteen pages and for so, those who can't see. Right yeah, now. and so the uh, the title is on the significance of death in culture and communication research. He spends the first two three pages talking about how in his dissertation or his PhD uh, fellowship uh, the defense people ask him a question why study death and when he had to finally review his paper they asked him the same question why study death. I mean, if you spend two pages on your PhD dissertation talking about a story about people asking you why study death, yeah, that is a great life to live. Surprisingly, that's the thing. Okay, I guess and, you can't really study death without studying life. That's exactly it. I, I, I you know, there, there, it's the yin and yang sort of situation. Yeah, but you know, he basically ends the. Uh, the entire PCC is, uh, thesis talking about why studying death is because our entire existence is based on death and our communication and our culture, which is a big portion of our life and who we are as humans is based on death. And that's why we study death. Yeah, that's true. And he spends all these papers talking about it. I, I skimmed through this uh, entire PCC. I'm sure it was difficult. Like, it's language, philosophy, language, philosophy language is like pretty, pretty difficult for me. Yeah. True. And, uh, Honestly, like I think it's the first time ever when I've consciously sat down and felt like, hmm, what is death? Hmm. You generally we talk about death. Whenever I had this conversation with within myself, is like, you know, what death is, what's its implication. But we never, I never thought about death as an action itself, as you know, by by itself. Is it an action? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was always. I just disagree that it is an action. See, I, for. I I find it very difficult to view death as anything different than just stopping life. And so, like, you're, you're saying that death yeah. in and of itself is an action, and I'm saying it's not. Death is just the tail end where the lights turn off. Like, death is not anything different than life except for the fact that it just stops. It's just a stop. It's not a separate... It's not like you're having a play, and it's like act three, death. Right? It's like act two just stops, and that's the end. Oh, Correct. Yeah. I mean, that is taking the assumption that death is the end of. Yes, I assume, but I assume, I assume assuming. Else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but if it is, then death is not. Death is the beginning of a new chapter, right? It's not an action. Like, in that case, you'd argue that death is still not an action. It's just a bridge between the life, the end of life, and the start of the afterlife. So, in, the, in which case, act, death is not even the start of Act 3. Act two just turns into act three, and act three is the afterlife, and act two is life, right? Okay, this might sound suicidal, but it's not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so excited about death. To find out what happens? Yeah, it's just like, we've been living all these years, all this time. Yeah. I'm, definitely, going, I'm definitely curious, you know, like, I definitely want to know what, come, what comes after. But... Nothing. Oh, we just gotta no. Keep going. I'll, I'll I'll say after. We just got a really deep quote on our uh, 
Oh, a deep hear. original quote from our number one fan. Yeah. Darkness is the absence of light. Quiet is the absence of sound. But death is just the absence of light. Hashtag deep. Hashtag deep. Hashtag deep. Oh, yeah. Sagib's on, too. What's so, up, Sagib? what's good? Why don't we summarize what we talked about, and then we can... Uh, I think the first on. question was our, our clinical definition of death. Yeah. Is essentially being brain dead. Mm-hmm. But that definition constantly changes based on the technological advances we have. Because, uh, you know, we started with death is the end of, you know, death is defined by us stop, uh, stopping to breathe or our heart pumping. Mm-hmm. But now we've come to a point where we're able to artificially, you know, uh, make ourselves breathe or pump that blood where you can see a body that's lying down and, you know, you can see the chest raise and fall, but still call it dead. And you can still feel a pulse. And still mm-hmm. call it that. In fact, there are 30 cases of human life in the last 20 years where a person is clinically dead but still kept alive. One body was kept alive for five years. Yeah. That's yeah, intense. Yeah, sure. So, so, yeah, oh, but essentially, so that comes to sure long, yeah. the definition of death is where death is defined by whether our brain is in an irreversible karma. Mm-hmm. But with the recent study about pigs, uh, brain cells which are brought back to life, we can then come to say that there is a possibility that, that our dead brain cells could start firing all over again. Mm. So that came to our uh, second subject is, a sec- second topic is uh, euthanasia, whether we yeah. would have the choice to die or not to die, uh, whether we should be given those choice, and those are based on preconditions. And again, I think we have differences in opinions with what those preconditions are. You're happy with what it is currently, whereas I'm like, if I want to die, I want to die. In my mental state, let me go. I want to go back to what you were talking about five years. Someone was left brain dead for five years, and it reminded me of a topic that I completely forgot to talk about when we were discussing immortality, which is cry- cryonics. Yes. That's cryonics. What is that? Uh, I think it's called cryonics. Anyways, it's it's the freezing of it's freezing your oh, okay. either the entire body or just your head with the hopes that in the future yeah. you're able to then resuscitate it with future technology. And now it's actually not freezing because the issue is that when you freeze a cell, there's all sorts of changes that don't allow the cell to then be rejuvenated. Yeah. Okay. The cell basically won't be able to come back to life. So what they do now is this process called vitro vitrization or something. So mm-hmm. by vitrilization, I forget exactly what it's called, but um, basically they turn the cells into a, into a glass-like substance. Okay. And that's supposed to then protect it from the minus 300 degrees that they store the bodies oh. at. The issue is with all these things, and that's why I, I mean, there's only something like two or 300 bodies in the States that are actually cryo, cryo-frozen yeah. at that's one point. That's nothing compared to... Nothing, right? Because, yeah. I mean, it's been considered a pseudoscience for the past oh, 20 yeah. years, 30 years. Um, and they haven't thought about it yet, right? Or... No, not that I know of. I mean, they would. It would be silly to try. Yeah. <laughs> it's freeze thaw. We know it's pretty bad for the cells. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to fix the body. Like fixing it, you got to. Yeah, you got to basically switch the blood out with a preservative agent yeah. and a protective agent that would protect it from the freezing. Correct. And the whole vitalization process, or whatever it's called, is going to change the the composition of the blood and the internal organs and everything. So. I mean, this kind of sounds to me like it's a crackpot. It's honestly you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, okay, talking about crazy crackpot things. This is not crazy, but do you know about the walking uh, corpse syndrome? It's also known as the Cotard syndrome, where people are delusional in the sense that they believe that they're dead, 
and their missing body parts have lost their soul. So they're in a sense of hopelessness, the lack of health, and they have a difficulty dealing with reality because they believe that current you know, reality is death. That would be scary. Thinking that, that you're, you're dead. Yeah. That is a condition. So they think you're a ghost, basically. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a I lot. wonder, like, if, if you're... Do you think that... I mean, of course, it's scary and they view life differently. Do you think they do crazy things, thinking that they can't die a second time? Like, I could fly. Probably. Okay, but... Yeah, I, can, I can imagine, yeah. Across the street without looking left and right. And but I was looking again. at the conditions of, of Cortar's health, and I felt like it's... All our new generation, new generation of teens, uh, homelessness, <laughs> TikTok, oh my, neglect of health, difficulty dealing with the external reality. I mean, that's us. Yeah, I mean, not us. True. I mean, us as a generation. You just called a mentally ill individual a teenager, Yavis. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, like I, I didn't say I said us as a society because we we keep talking about these conditions. I think, yeah. I've, no, but there are good things like mental health is important and mm. understanding these conditions is important. But I think a lot of our conditions to mental health stems for the fact that we might be afraid of death. Yeah, well, I, th- I think, uh, correct, me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong with what you're saying, but uh, I think the younger generations are having more issues. Or there's more prevalence of mental health disorders, but the mental health disorders are also very different. Correct. For example, I think the, um, the younger generation is is definitely a lot more worried about climate change than we were. And I've seen like a lot of cases where like that's a big cause of anxiety. Yeah. But for our generation, maybe it's not as much because we're not grown up with. So the causes are, it's not even the causes, right? It might still, somebody who's has a preconditioning to anxiety, someone who has a disposition rather to anxiety. Yeah. It's just the trigger is different. Right, but the the disorder yes, itself yeah. manifests in the same way. That's true. But you know, to be honest, excessive worry. I mean, even though we're going off topic, mental health is a very cultural thing. In Kashmir, you say your mental health; they'll just smack you in the head. Oh, like, well, I, I want. I actually wanted to, the very first episode that I wanted to do of the podcast that I think I pitched to Cash maybe mm-hmm. was, I was basically culturally bound mental disorders, mental okay. health issues, because there are so many in the East and the West that are mm-hmm. completely different. And that are viewed differently as well. There's some really interesting ones that I'm not going to go talk about right now. But Correct. we should maybe do an episode on mental yeah, health. Yeah, that would be, be cool. cool. I think that's a great topic. Uh, just to give a sneak peek about mental health. I never thought about mental health as an issue. As an issue because it's a taboo topic. Yeah. But talking about it, you know, now I look back and look at the society in Kashmir. We all have mental health issues. We just don't talk about it. Of course. Yeah. And same thing about death. I mean, but that's another thing about you know you're talking about the prevalence of these things. The correct. more you become, the more it becomes accepted to talk about things. The more yeah. it's diagnosed, but yeah. also in terms of death, you know, the more we are able to talk about this and discuss with each other about death, I think the better off we all will be, because you'll be more comfortable with the fact that you will one day die. And it, it's not a, it might be a scary thought to some people, but it is inevitable, and so you can't let that fear overcome you because then you won't be able to live your life. I think that that's oh that's that's wonderful you put because the way we have all these rituals in terms of religion is to make us comfortable with death because it's yeah. a constant reminder and that's where it comes from this you know the idea of religion helps you cope up with the emotional aspect of death because you know there's some aspect of you know of life coming there after mm-hmm. so it reduces the anxiety so uh, again like oh, whether I call myself religious is uh, questionable not that I'm not but it comes back to the idea is that religion could, you know, is in a great safeguard 
yeah. to you know yeah. keep us happy keep us keep us sane and happy i think yeah. we should wrap it up are there any last thoughts or comments that you guys have i don't have any last thoughts or comments but honestly the day i die i just wish there's a smile on my face it's like peace out peace this out. is i want to die in my peace sleep sign so. oh yeah <laughs> so are we signing out i uh, think so uh this tune in whoa alexa just t- alexa stop what do you want to hear nothing <laughs> nothing <laughs> shut up alexa <laughs> God, she's always listening. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Jeff, stop listening. Alexa, it's not your turn. Um, I think. Wait, wait. Alexa, what do you think about death? Oh, good call. I don't have an opinion on that. Why, Alexa, what is death? Death is the permanent cessation of all biological functions that's a species. Oh, you call! <laughs> phenomena which commonly bring about death include aging. Predation, malnutrition, disease, suicide, homicide, starvation, dehydration. Hey, Alexa, chill. <laughs> Alexa, Alexa, we get the point. <laughs> Do you notice that the first thing she said was <laughs> aging? Yeah, yeah. No, no, oh. not that. What brings upon death? Uh, common things that bring upon death are aging. Mm. Yeah. No shit. Come on, Alexa, give yeah. us something, something to work with. Um, All right, so okay. I'm going to just say the same words that I'm going to say the day I die. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> I'm hopefully going to die my sleep, so there won't be any words, yeah. but I do want to say... Oh, do you have any last words? Uh, I'm going to smile, hopefully, and, and cry. Smile <laughs> and cry. Smile and cry. Um, I think that next week we're going to talk about the meaning of life. This is... We'll have like a two or three part series, but I'll discuss in the intro. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you soon. Peace out. Later. Yeah, boy.